Hello there. Welcome to a brand new Arse Blog Arsecast right here on arseblog.com. Hope you're well. It's been kind of an up and down week in terms of the football. We will deal with all that has transpired since last we spoke between now and the end of the show. Also, we'll be looking ahead to the game tomorrow against the Mug Smashers with, yes, the Mug Smasher himself will be here. And we'll uh, touch on Arsenal, Liverpool and whatever else might happen to crop up in conversation. We'll be chatting to Tim Stillman about the week that was. Plus, we've got to look ahead to the Dortmund game next week. And, of course, there are goodies galore to give away with thanks to Savile Rogue. We've got scarves and hats to announce from last week. And and this week, well, we've got some prizes to give away. Oh, we've got some prizes. All right, I should look up. We'll see what the prizes are this week. Should you, oh, this is down to that preparation thing we are talking about last week. Uh, this week, we've got two of the brand new yellow and blue scarves to give away. Uh, so uh, stay tuned for details on how to do that. We'll give you the winners of last week's competition as well. If there are any noises or disruptions during this recording and you hear uh, the plaintive barks, well, plaintive, not so much plaintive, actually, that's the wrong word, but aggressive, protective barks of the Arsblog German Shepherd, that's because it is, it's Halloween night here and uh, children go around from door to door begging. That's, well, that's what it is, isn't it? It's begging in a costume. And that's what they do. So that's probably what I'll have. Doorbell will ring, dog will bark, and, and I'll, yeah. Well, you might not hear any of those things. It seems to me that Halloween has gone a bit uh, weird over the last couple of years, uh, walking around and you see houses all all decorated with Halloween stuff, like fake cobwebs and bloody door handles. I, well, that could be just the area I live in. But no, I think it is seasonal. Um, it just strikes me as odd. We never had any of that stuff. When we were growing up, I mean, we did the whole, you know, costume thing from time to time, but mostly we just tried to explode things when we were kids. I remember one year somebody came across the uh, the information somewhere, I don't know where, passed down from generation to generation, I suppose, um, on like now where you've got the internet. Um, you know, I like that Mark Almond story. Just somebody, It just went everywhere. Nobody knew how it started or how it got there. But anyway, somebody had the idea of putting uh, a load of match heads. So we bought loads of boxes of matches and we clipped the heads off the, um, uh, off the matches and put them into a piece of copper pipe, which was uh, plied up at one end, closed up at one end. And we must have put, I don't know, hundreds, maybe thousands into a length of copper pipe. And then we closed it up at the other end. And then the story was that if you lit a fire underneath it, it would explode. It would make a tremendous bang, which was fantastic because that's all we were interested in, going into town and buying fireworks off the women here in town because fireworks in Ireland are illegal, you know. So you had to go down to um, Henry Street and Moore Street in town and you'd be looking for fireworks and the women would take them out from inside their coats and uh, from beneath their um, enormous bosoms because the, these were generally women of of size that, that sold these things. Um, but, you know, it was all to do with making the biggest bang possible. We, we did that and we lit a fire and we, we uh, sat and we waited and we waited and we waited and we put the... Yeah, no, nothing's happening. And um, one of the guys decided that he would go over and take a look. And even at that age, I think I was 10 maybe, and I was going, I'm pretty sure that's not a good idea, you know. You, you probably don't want to go over there because, you know, thousands of match heads and a piece of copper pipe and a fire. You know, maybe it just takes a bit of time. And he was, no, I'll go over, I'll go over, I'll go So over he went, and then just as he got there, it went and exploded past his head. And um, I think he was quite lucky not to have his head taken off. 
by this um, copper pipe. So uh, any children who are listening, if you can't afford fireworks, get yourself a length of copper pipe, fill it with match heads and uh, light a fire around it. It does make a tremendous noise eventually, eventually. So there's my um, yeah Halloween hijinks. Those are good old days, right? Before all this commercialization. Anyway, since we last spoke, three points in the league and three very important points, obviously. Uh, a game against Crystal Palace, which people were predicting beforehand. It wasn't so much that are Arsenal going to win, it was how many are Arsenal going to win by. A little bit the hubris, you might say. Because it was much more difficult than we thought it was going to be. Uh, Palace having gotten rid of Ian Holloway and uh, playing for a, a new manager who wasn't really a new permanent manager, but they, they were up for it, and they played pretty well. And But for the fact they had Maro and Shamak up front, we might have been behind at halftime because it was a fantastic cross, and, um, well, yeah, he jumped under the ball. Mistimed his jump by, I don't know, about three or four minutes, you would say. But a decent striker, somebody who could actually play football, would probably have scored that. So there were warning signs for us in the first half. We didn't play particularly well. Second half, we got ourselves a penalty. Uh, I suppose a fairly standard little uh, drag back or cut back from from Nabry. And uh, thankfully, the Crystal Palace defender uh, had about as much brains as uh, Shamak does talent and, and took him down in the box. Arteta put away the penalty. Then we had the sending off. Ridiculous decision, of course. Uh, Shamak uh, veered into Arteta, uh, tangled up the legs. Is the, the kind of thing that he's really good at. In fact, it's the only thing he's actually really good at is um, making a bollocks of things and making it look like he's been sort of fouled. He was a bit like that in the first a couple of games for us, wasn't he? He did win some penalties or or free kicks when, you know, really that they weren't. And it certainly wasn't the case. Arteta, I think, very unlucky to be sent off. Uh, and then Wojciech Chesney pulled out some fantastic saves to keep us in the game before late on Aaron Ramsey and, and Olivier Giroud uh, secured the three points, uh, which kept us top of the league, which is where we are going into the game tomorrow. And then midweek, um, Capital One Cup, uh, I, I was a bit indifferent to the game beforehand still a bit indifferent after it I didn't think it was a game we were going to win when I was um, talking about it on last week's Arscast um, but we didn't half make it difficult for ourselves by giving them a goal it was uh, poor defending from Carl Jenkinson and I thought we were getting back into it in the second half I thought we looked the more likely to score uh, when they got their second a, a really good goal from Juan Mata uh, after that I just think we didn't fancy extra time we didn't fancy 120 minutes and uh, you know given the schedule that we've got coming up I just didn't think, you know, it was really a game that we wanted to win that much. I think had it been a league game, it would have been uh, obviously a bit different. And I think my feelings towards it would be a lot different if it had been a league game. It's not to say uh, I don't care about the Capital One Cup or anything like that, but I just find it easier to compartmentalise a defeat in the Capital One Cup than I do in the Premier League. Uh, all the talk about Arsene Wenger not beating Mourinho. Well, I, I would rather he broke his duck in a league game. And surely the law of averages is on our side. The longer he goes without beating him in a game, the better our chances of beating them because it has to happen sooner or later. That's the scientific method, you see. That's how it works. Ask anyone. They'll tell you. So kind of disappointing to go out the way we did. Uh, we picked a fairly strong team. I don't think he had any choice, but I, I think it just shows the fact that we don't have the necessary depth to compete in four competitions. Most clubs 
don't really have that, to be honest. The ones that can spend uh, unlimited amounts of money on players do, and Chelsea certainly do. And you look at the the team they had out uh, with Mata, Eto, Mikel, Louise, Cahill. You know, these guys who are part and parcel of their first team or could easily become part and parcel of the first team. And we're looking at uh, guys like Bentner, who uh, for all the... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Rehabilitation that Arsene Wenger wants to give him probably wouldn't be anywhere near the first team if we could have sold him in the summer, if Podolsky had been fit, if we could have got got a replacement. Rio Miaichi looked lightweight to me, but that's to be expected. You know, he is how how far down the list of players who should be playing even in the Capital One Cup. Ahead of him, who have you got? Nabry would have played probably had he not been injured uh, in training during the week. Oxlade-Chamberlain, Theo Walcott, perhaps if he'd been back, could have used this game as a a fitness test. So, you know, uh, Miaichi, as as, um, lightweight as he was, I don't think that's his fault. And that's, uh, you know, we've got to rely on players like that because of our squad depth, because of the players we have out injured. Um, so it's it's kind of easy um, to put that game to bed because I think the, the games we have coming up in the next couple of weeks uh, are more important. Speaking of which, uh, it's time to talk to our first guest uh, of the show uh, from this parish and also from Vital Arsenal. It's Tim Stillman. Hello. Good evening. I want to start by talking about the last couple of weeks. Uh, a win against Crystal Palace, a very good win in the league, but sandwiched between two defeats, one to Borussia Dortmund and one to, to Chelsea, both in cup competitions. Um, after the start to the season, the way that we responded to the Villa game, those wins, that winning run, is there a sense perhaps that uh, we've been brought a little bit back down to earth with, with those two defeats? Uh, yes, probably. Um, and that's perfectly natural, I think. I think um, a lot of people were, um, you know, I, I've certainly been really, really pleased with the way we started the season. But I think most people had this kind of, uh, this block of fixtures um, in their minds. And even Arsene Wenger said it himself, even when things you know, absolutely rosy. Uh, and he, I think he said by the end of November, we'll really know um, who the big challenges are going to be. So I don't think it's entirely unexpected. Um, yes, it's, uh, of course, it's kind of, it's checked. Um, maybe not our expectations so much, but it's probably checked um, our kind of happiness a little bit, which a lot of that is the overspill from the signing of Ozil as well, I think. Uh, and obviously, you know, the novelty factor of that wears off after a little while as well. So a, a lot of it, I think, is a kind of natural accumulation. Um, obviously, had we won against Chelsea and Dortmund, we'd all probably be shouting from the rooftops. There's no denying that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we have been brought down back to earth a little bit. However, you know, the Dortmund defeat, it was a bit frustrating. It throws the group open again. Um, but it wasn't a disaster. We're still right in the mix in terms of the group. Um, we can still win it. We can still qualify. You know, the League Cup against Chelsea, I think, was just one of those things. I think um, had we had a couple more players available, I think it might have been, uh, you know, a different affair. Um, but I, I don't think really many people are crying too many tears out, of, you know, over going out of the League Cup um, this time around. So mm-hmm. it, it's probably checked us a little bit, but I don't think anyone's reaching for the razor blades just yet. However, the, the next three games will will really determine 
um, where the team is and where the fan base is sure. as well. Is it a positive that we can look at the Dortmund and, and Chelsea games and see how we could have, uh, at the very least, avoided defeat? Uh, particularly Dortmund, you know, the goals that we conceded were avoidable. Thomas Vermaelen spoke uh, after the after the Chelsea game and said very much the same thing, that both the goals that we conceded were, were avoidable, you think, in particular of the first one. So is that a positive where you can go, well, look, had we been more switched on and not made those mistakes, things would have been different? Or is it a worry that we're making those mistakes? I think it's a bit of both, um, to be honest. And again, I think Saturday will be uh, you know, will be a, a real tester there because we're coming up against, you know, a couple of very, very informed strikers um, who provide, you know, one of the stiffer tests that our, our defence has faced this season. Um, whether they were avoidable errors and we've perhaps learned a bit of a lesson, had our fingers burned and uh, be a bit more cautious, or whether they were forced because of the quality of opponent we were playing, perhaps we were making those errors in other games, but they just weren't being punished uh, quite as readily. Um, again, I, I, I don't think that's going to be clear um, until probably we're sitting after looking at things after the Manchester United game. Um, I think it can be it can be viewed as a positive, and I, I hope that's what the manager and the players are viewing it as on the training ground. Um, but you know, at, at the end of the day, we'd be a lot happier had we not made those mistakes than you know being in the position where we we have done. Um, I you know I do think that that we're missing some quite key personnel at the wrong time, really, um, in terms of, you know, what Matthew Flamin has bought, and we're going to lose that for, you know, big games, um, the kind of proliferation of wide players. Um, and, I, you know, I, I do have a little bit of a concern that the kind of the concentration of injuries um you know, I think we're slightly easier to play against at the moment mm. because of who we haven't got available. You look at the uh, the team uh, and you speak about the injuries and the players that are missing. Um, sometimes we, we overlook players who are there and, and making an important contribution. And Wojciech Chesney is one of those uh, who, who's doing that at this moment in time. Um, after he was dropped against... Uh, Bayern and missed four or five games I think um, he, he came back into the side because Fabianski got injured and since then has looked a much improved player at the end of last season he made saves which uh, which got us very important points against Crystal Palace on Saturday Mikel Arteta has been sent off you know their guy looks like he's going to score an absolute cracker of a goal into the top corner and Chesney is there to push it away it seems like it's been a you know a long time since Arsenal have had a goalkeeper who has consistently won points because too often we've looked at our goalkeepers uh, particularly the last few years uh, and said well you know that goalkeeper has cost us x amount of points over the course of a season yeah, certainly. If we'd have signed Wojciech Szczesny for £20 million in July, um, I think he'd find uh, the credit he deserves a lot easier to come by um, <laughs> at the moment. I I actually, I don't think he played badly last season at all. And in fact, I think he, he got points even at the beginning of the season, um, which I think were buried a little bit um, because of the circumstances in which they came. I remember we played, I think, Villa and Everton away back-to-back and we drew both games, and it was kind of the height of the real 
um, kind of catchiness of, of the support base and, mm. you know, neither uh, result was met with a great deal of satisfaction. But he made brilliant saves in both of those games. Villa only had one shot on target um, when we played them at Villa Park, but it was an absolute cracker. And he, the save he made was very similar to the one he made against Palace. And actually, you know, he saved us a point in that game and he did the same at uh, Everton as well. So I think, you know, I, I, I think he was quite good last season. Um, I think the reason the manager dropped him was because he knew he was capable of better than quite good. Mm, yeah, he well, was that's... capable of excellent. Yeah. And that's what we're seeing now. And I think we saw that at the end of last season too. And, um, you know, ever, ever since the Villa game, you've just you've just sensed it, it's totally intangible, but you've just sensed that his focus has just picked up another five or ten percent. Um, and even when he played for Poland at Wembley, um, before the game, I thought to myself, I bet he has an absolute stormer tonight because he will absolutely love this. He knows that the country is going to be watching, um, and I, I really get the sense from him that he relishes that stage at the moment just mm. because. I just think he's grown in stature just a little bit. And, um, you know, I, I, th- I think it's incredibly exciting for us to have um, a goalkeeper at the age of 23 who's approaching 100 games for us um, of that quality. Um, I, you know, I, I think that's really, really infusing for us. And I really think he can kick on and keep kicking on. And I just hope that the next time he makes a mistake, which he will, which every goalkeeper does, but it's not like a house of card effect. House of cards effect, and everybody goes back to saying how useless he is. Mm, I don't think that's going to be the case. In fairness, because you know there's been a consistency, a consistency to his performances as well. Uh, and the other thing, of course, to bear in mind is that, like like every position, goalkeeper is mature. Um, yeah. And, and you know, he's got to make the mistakes. The same way, you know, the best defenders made mistakes when they were young, the keepers have to make mistakes. It's just there there appears to be more focus on a keeper when he does it. And, you know, considering what he was or what he's been replacing and being asked to improve on, there's a natural, I guess, doubt about about the quality of, of the guy who's standing between the sticks for Arsenal. But I think he's going some way to proving people, not proving people wrong, but 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 proving that he's got the, the, the potential that he has you know he can he can make the best of it so uh, we'll, we'll see. he's yeah. got he's he's always had the raw materials i think but mm. goalkeeping more than any other position perhaps alongside center half a lot of it is about judgment um, and there's a really good saying about how you know judgment comes from experience and experience comes from bad judgment um, and the goalkeeping position more than any other is based on you know your reading of the game um, and your your kind of perception of, of situations. And one of the things I think Chesney's got much better at um, is coming off of his line. I think he's much better at that now. He's very alive to danger. Um, and that's 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 just that just comes from playing matches. Let's look ahead uh, quickly to, to Liverpool. Um, how do you see Arsene Wenger picking his team for this one? Because he's got to be obviously vigilant about the threat of of uh, Suarez and, and Sturridge, who are both in exceptional form. He's got to look at cutting off the supply lines to them as much as possible, but also balance that with the need, uh, you know, because Arsenal are at home to win the game, to take advantage of perhaps the fact that Liverpool's defence isn't their strongest point this season. Um you look at someone like Santi Cazorla, for example, who's come back into the side 
um, after injury, hasn't quite found his form just yet. And we saw Arsene Wenger in previous games against the likes of Manchester City play somebody like Rosicki or Aaron Ramsey. Didn't always work, but he played them uh, to press and Harry high up the pitch. Um, is Cazorla somebody who might start this game on the bench for you? Um, I I don't think he will, but I I, I think that's certainly an option. Um, and one of the reasons I think it's an option, you know, as I alluded to earlier, we're kind of lacking width at the moment. And if if he's fit, I do wonder if um, he might select Serge uh, Serge Nabry just because he offers that little bit of variety. And um, you know, I think uh, Anam wrote a really really good piece in the tactics column this week about what Serge gave us. Um, when he came on against Crystal Palace because he likes to attack that kind of avenue between the full-back and the centre-half, which much beloved of Theo Walcott and Lucas Podolski, whereas everybody else tends to come in quite centrally and mm. uh, make us a bit predictable. And that certainly looked, um, you know, certainly looked that way against Palace. As to what we do defensively, I, you know, I, I think that's, that's, that's going to be one of the manager's biggest challenges is how... Um, he replaces Flamini. Now, we know that Ramsey is quite capable of playing in that kind of destroyer role next to Arteta. Um, and I just wonder if he might just ask Ramsey to rein it in a little bit, because obviously he's full of confidence. He's shooting on sight at the moment, which is great. Um, but I do wonder if he'll just, at least for the first kind of 60, 70 minutes of the game, whether he'll just ask him to kind of play the role he was playing in the spring. Uh, rather than the role that he's been playing uh, this season, which has been a bit more attacking, um, he might not. But I, I, I just wonder if you know he'll he'll look for a really solid platform from midfield. Don't go, don't be in a position where we have to chase the game because, as Wenger himself says repeatedly, the first goal is always so so crucial in these kinds of kinds of games um, against you know other top level opponents. So I, I wonder if he'll just ask them to kind of rein it in for 60, 65 minutes. And, you know, our, our fitness levels are very good and we score a reasonable amount of late goals. Um, as for how we cope with Suarez and Sturridge, I mean, that's, you know, that's for the centre-halves. But I, I think that we've got a good mixture in those centre-halves in that Koscielny is quite nippy. Um and, you know, he, he's, he's quite good at intercepting and kind of breaking up one-twos between strikers. And obviously, Mertesacker is a very, very adept organiser. And those two are going to have to be talking constantly um, because I think they've got the right blend of qualities um, to face the qualities that, that Suarez and Sturridge have as well. So it's a very, very intriguing battle. And I think, you know, Arsene and Steve Bold have got, you know, big, big challenges on the training ground. Mm, not to mention a, a very big challenge on the pitch on Saturday. All right, Tim, listen, we better exactly. leave it there. Uh, thank you very much indeed. Lovely, cheers. Don't forget you can follow Tim on Twitter at LittleDutchVA. That's at LittleDutchVA. Or you can read his column every Thursday right here on arsblog.com. In fact, you can do both if you want. Nobody's stopping you. Still to come, the mug smasher to talk about the mug smashers and other things besides. We've got our Savile Row competition, the winners from last week, and a chance for you to win a couple of scarves this week. Uh, and a quick look ahead to the to the weekend stuff and the next week game against Dortmund. Maybe or not. Who knows? But right now, this. Hello. Hiya, Marishevin. 
Hey, I'm back from Ireland. It's a terrible, weird and scary place. I don't ever have go back again. Because, uh, no, I don't want to relive trauma. Next time I am on my visit around the world, I will pick somewhere nicer than this. I have also been uh, talking about the atmosphere at Emirates Stadium. And look, I am uh, just being honest. I don't think it's the best atmosphere in the world. Many times I am there at Emirates Stadium and uh, it takes waiter so long to take my order. I am having to run after Eggbomb Lahore. When all I want is a starter. Little prawn cocktail maybe. Boudinois. And uh, main course. And never any pudding. I need pudding. I am growing, boy. Sometimes I am so hungry when I leave Emirates Stadium. I am desperate for food. Desperate. I remember one time I am in alley, searching through bins for something to eat. And man opened door from strange house. And he said to me, Hey, you want to come in? You want to come in? I got food in here, man. I got food. You want food? I'll give you a biscuit. You like biscuits? I'll give you biscuits, man. All you got to do is come in. I'll give you a biscuit. And I say, look, uh, I don't particularly like biscuit, but if you had little Mr. Kipling, perhaps. And he say, look, man, all I got is biscuits. You want a biscuit? All you got to do is come in here and dance for me. You want to dance for me? And I'll give you a biscuit. You like the biscuit. I was very hungry, so I went in and danced. Then he gave me the biscuit. That was not like any biscuit I ever saw. It was more like a iced bun, except ice was only at one end. Oh, it was very odd time in my life, and uh, this is why I think uh, atmosphere is not so good at uh, Emirates Stadium. They need more puddings. Got to have the pudding. Okay, so we're on, we're on, we're on, we're on. Hello. Joining me now on the Arscast, uh, as is tradition ahead of the game against the Mug Smashers, it is the Mug Smasher. Hello. Hello there. Um, you're looking fine. Thank you very much. Sounding good, actually. N- nice to finally meet you. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, given that Arsenal are playing Liverpool tomorrow, um, and it's the first time the two teams have been sort of top of the table for... For I don't know, quite quite some time. The the big question that I have, and I guess that every other Arsenal fan listening to this would have, is what the fuck happened to Brendan Rodgers' teeth? <laughs> um, I didn't even notice they changed. It's, it's kind of like David Bowie, in a way. Remember, David Bowie had all these where he had crooked teeth, and then all of a sudden they were like, "Is that what happened?" Early white. So they're not just wider than they were; they're better. Mm, yeah, they're better. So he got crowns on, yeah, on yeah. colors. Yeah. You, you know, sometimes if you see a cartoon of an of a dog, for example, they put human teeth on it. Yeah, <laughs> it looks a bit like that. It's odd. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, it's not like he wouldn't have had the money previously to do this. Charlie Adam has all the money in the world, but he has the worst teeth since um, um, I don't know a broken comb. Well, he's clearly comfortable with the teeth he has. <laughs> I don't know how that's possible, though, because they look like, they, you know, if he bit into a toffee apple, for example, they'd easily fall out. And, uh, yeah, well... <laughs> Maybe he just avoids toffee apples. Perhaps. So, look, um, I suppose the elephant in the room here is is Luis Suarez. Um, 
to a certain extent because you know he he really wanted to join Arsenal during during the summer. Yeah, he really wanted to join anyone during the summer. <laughs> it just conveniently happened that you guys were interested. Yeah, and then we made that fantastic fantastic bid. Yeah, forty million, and it was, as a Liverpool fan, was that insulting in any way to you? Or oh, I didn't find it insulting. No, it's just gamesmanship, isn't it? Yeah. All this contract business, it's hard to take seriously or personally in any way. Mm. Um, I'd, I'd like the way we dug our heels in, though. Yeah, there's, I suppose, a lesson to be learned there for some clubs. Yeah, and it's uh, so far it's working out quite well. It is. He hasn't been in any way bitey or racist. And he's concentrating on the things he's actually really good at. Playing football. Yeah. And falling over. Well, yeah, I haven't seen much of the falling over. Has he been doing the falling over? Yeah, a little bit, although, in fairness, it's mostly looked um, like there's been contact and he's just hammed it up. Mm. Um, uh, we're yeah, all guilty of that, in fairness. Indeed. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's slipped back into form pretty quickly. Mm. Um, I, I guess it's um, symptomatic, or it's one of those things, isn't it, with, with football, that if a player produces on the pitch it doesn't really matter what he does because because there was a lot of ill feeling towards him I saw a lot of Liverpool fans on Twitter who seemed to be quite happy to get rid of him um, but once you're scoring goals the people will forgive you and you can kiss the badge and everything's all right well you're I think you're forgiven up to a point and it, it helps people to realize what's really going on mm. I mean he's he's a tramp you know <laughs> he's a bit of a tramp but you know, you put that aside. I don't care really yeah. about that. I don't like him in any way. And if he'd gone, to be honest, I, I didn't think it was going to be so bad. But um, I think he's proving me wrong. Mm. Um, yeah, he's pretty amazing. Mm. It make you wonder what a footballer could sort of get away with. You know, I mean, could he, for example, fist one of the families of the Hillsborough victims and then score three goals against Manchester United and and be forgiven? That's unlikely. The fisting. <laughs> or, or the forgiveness. The, the victim. <laughs> um, Sturridge arrived in January. Yes. And uh, sort of arrived and everyone was going, well, he's a bit greedy and he's he's not terribly effective and he doesn't seem to have much in the way of end product. And he, you know, and then all of a sudden, what's his ridiculous record? He's something like 15 or 16 goals in 20-odd games. So, yeah, it's amazing. He's been really, really effective. Mm. And he started off being really greedy. Um, but he's slowly uh, sort of getting better at bringing people in. Mm. He still has the greed in him, and he's got a, I don't know, a bit of a shitty attitude, I think. I don't really like him. Yeah, he's one of those faces. He's got a face, yeah, he looks upset all the time. Looks mm. like he doesn't like what he's doing, but uh, he's pretty skillful. And he's uh, that chip at the weekend was pretty great. He's, he's, it's funny that he's linked up so well with Suarez, because they've hardly had much time to play together, you know, because he only arrived in January, Suarez chomped Ivanovic and then got banned and he was banned from April to October so I know they've probably been you know playing together in training but you know on pitch it, it, they seem to have formed a, a pretty good partnership yeah they really have it's hard to argue with that but it's, it must be the training mm. obviously yeah yeah you sorry I'm all, just right you spent you're just good googling your wine yeah I was uh, googling googling yeah it's yeah. the uh, Irish for swallow nice yeah I think training it seems to pay off and mm. What about the rest of your team? Um, the who's the the little guy, the little tricky Coutinho? Yeah, I think he'll be back will he? Really? on the bench. Right. Yeah, he's good. He sure is. Yeah, mm. yeah, he's a joy to watch. Really, he is. You know, when you look at him, and then you look at Stuart Downing, for example. You know, 
Well, they're it's, in, a, it's an improvement. Yeah, it's an improvement, yeah. They're not playing in the same position, really. No, but, you know, they're the same kind of, you know, the, the, what you expect from the player is that they get wide and deliver and, yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. Not, not, not deliver. <laughs> you know, well, like, like Downing. It's his speciality. Yeah. Um, yeah, Coutinho's magic. He's still a little inconsistent, but he's 21, so Young. you let him away with that. I think Lucas is a massive guy to have back. Oh, is he back? He's back, yeah. Right. Yeah. He Didn't back it. for a long? Or? No, I think West Brom was his first game back. Right, okay. Um, but I've been drinking a lot lately. So <laughs> <I could> be... <laughs> um, he makes a huge difference. Yeah. And like Flamini for Arsenal. I think you'll... Uh, well, you'll notice him missing. Yeah. He's a guy who's come through the... He's totally shit to like, oh, he's actually really good. Do you think the timeout injured did that for him? Because people sometimes, you know, build up a player when they're out injured to be better than they actually were. But, you know... Oh, yeah, well, there was there was an element of that, but the the, t- the tide had turned already for him. People mm-hmm. had realised what a job he was doing. Yeah. Uh, and then it became more evident when he was out for so long. What about Colo Toure? Colo yeah. Toure. Yeah. The last time we, we were going over to this game, obviously, and uh, the last time we went to this game, Colo Toure broke up field and scored a goal. Did he? Yes. Yeah, I've blocked that out of my mind. To be yeah, honest. I think you were drinking quite heavily at the time. <laughs> <laughs> that was a three 0 defeat. It uh, was, yeah. That's all I remember, really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there you go, Colo. Well, everyone thought he was finished, but he's been doing well so far. Mm. There's an odd three at the back formation that we're playing at the moment, and I'm not 100 percent convinced. Is that where you think it might be a bit weak? You know, um, when you're playing. I mean, I, I, you haven't really played anyone good either, have you? I mean, that's one of the things they're saying about Arsenal is that we haven't really played any of the the big boys. We beat United, did you? Yeah, in Anfield. Right, but you know whether they're good or not. Remains yeah, to be well, seen. That's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, we haven't had to. I, I thought West Brom was the, the biggest challenge, and I was really impressed with that. Yeah, because they're giving everyone a game at the moment. So they did. They did us. In yeah, fairness, it was a good true. game. It was away from home, a one-one. Um, from your outside perspective, looking in at Arsenal this season, do you like what you see? I mean, from a footballing, from a you know, a pure footballing. Yeah, point yeah. Of view. I mean, it's been amazing to watch. Um, I don't know anyone who doesn't enjoy that kind of stuff. Mm. Ozil's um, good, isn't he? Ozil's amazing. Yeah, mm. he's just one of those fun players to watch. He's got so much balance. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you're really good, but I think it's similar to Liverpool. There's, there's a flakiness there, and mm-hmm. um, things could go wrong, and they could go badly wrong for an extended period because the squad isn't deep. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean, you've been really impressive to watch, and there isn't there doesn't seem to be um, the mental weakness there. Everyone seems to have had a boost. Yeah, players are coming on and maturing. Ramsey, for example, is really. You know, kicked on amazingly. Yeah, he's been great, all right. Yeah. 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 I like him. Wilshire's not the finished thing at all. And he's yeah. a bit of a mouthy shit. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He is, that's for sure. Yeah. But, you know, he's he's our mouthy shit yeah. in you a way. You know? him, yeah. But I think, you know, he, he his time will come. Uh, yeah. I think he's got to, re- you know, like Ramsey, he's got to recover from the, the time he spent out from injury. I think this season, if he plays consistently, he'll start to build some form, you know? Yeah, probably. And, and he's still just a kid as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you get, know, I'm not ruling him out. No, you get flashes. You know, the goal against uh, the goal against Norwich, for example, was, you know, 
a bit bit nice. That was that the PlayStation Girl. That was the PlayStation Girl. Yeah, 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 yeah that yeah. was magic. Yeah, I don't think you can even do that on the PlayStation. Mm, yeah, no. I don't think well, so. I've never done it. No, neither have I. I don't know which, whether that's or one and triangle <laughs> repeatedly or smashing all the buttons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what about the you know the league in general? Because you know you're sitting fairly close to the top. We're on top. Uh, Tottenham are there. Southampton. There's a, a bit of a dark horse in a way because they're defensively amazing. They've only conceded three goals all, all season. Yeah, yeah, they've been and they're good. Yeah, I like watching them. Yeah, um, but yeah. I think they'll. I mean, they will. They'll uh, slip. Their back, form yeah. will slip. Yeah. yeah, but they're still great to watch. Yeah, Man City obviously there. Manchester United. Um, jury's out a little bit, isn't it? I think. Do they have enough? Do they have enough quality and experience within the playing staff? to make up for the fact they've hired a really mediocre manager? Um, I don't know if he's a mediocre manager. Um, Show me his medals. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know he's an Everton manager, so I'm not supposed to say nice things about him, but Mm. I think he's a decent manager, you know? Yeah. It's just United don't have a brilliant squad. And Ferguson's magic was making mediocre players play really well and doing Mm. exactly what he wanted them to do. So... um, yeah, I and Moyes doesn't have that. I think they're poor. I have money on them finishing outside the top four. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So if they don't, we know we know who to blame. It's fun, yeah. though, isn't it, watching the watching the, the struggles a little bit? Yeah, it is fun. Yeah. I don't want to get too into it because it could backfire. No, it could. I mean, you know, there is the, the old uh, egg on your face kind of thing, but I was listening to the radio the other day when they came back and beat Stoke. You know, and uh, the guy was talking about David Moyes is on the sidelines, punching the air. You know, he's with delight and he's running up and down. And you're thinking, yeah, you've just come back from beating Stoke. That should have been like, right, okay. Yeah. We've just come back from beating Stoke. We've got to, you know, uh, assess where we are and move on. Not the calls for fucking massive celebration. I think that's, you know, a measure of of what he's about. What he's about? Well, yeah. No, I think there's a good bit of relief there because he's under enormous amounts of pressure. So I don't think you can judge him on his but reaction that's his to fault winning for, a game yeah. in the last minute. But that's his fault for being, you know, very average. <laughs> I'm looking like Gollum. Yeah, well, that too. We're going we're going around in circles here a little bit. So um, this game tomorrow, where where do you think it's going to be won or lost on either side? Um, I think the amount of goals <laughs> will probably have a bear. Do you think? <laughs> Who lets in least? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I don't. I don't really know. Um, I, I just think Arsenal will win because Arsenal tend to win against Liverpool. And because every time you come on here, you predict the Liverpool win, and it doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah I yeah. see what you're doing. I know. Yeah, there's an element of that. But no, <laughs> I also genuinely believe Arsenal will sneak it. Um, yeah, I'm not sure why. Yeah. I think the three at the back could be our undoing. Bit too Arsenal, bit too much movement for three, and yeah, I'm just so many clever players, you know, that you have. Mm. Um, but I think um, it sounds stupid, but first goal will make a difference. Yeah, if we can, if we can nick the first goal, then I think we're we're quite good at being strong and solid. Uh, but if we're chasing the game, then Arsenal are, are really great at picking people off. Good on the counter-attack, in fairness, this season. All right. OK, well, look, we'll leave it there, and um, we can pick up this conversation, you know, on the way and after the game and all that. Yes, indeed. All right, OK. Uh, Mugsmasher, thank you. Thank you very much. 
There you go then, the Mug Smasher, and uh, hopefully he will be a sad Mug Smasher come uh, the end of the 90 minutes on Saturday. I will buy him some beer and rum to cheer him up, because that's what kind of a good brother I am. So, you know, it's win-win for him, really, isn't it? Lucky him. Right. Uh, Savile Rogue, uh, as you will well know by now, uh, are the sponsors of this Arscast. They've given us great prizes to give away. Last week, we had uh, one of the king scarves, and we had two beanie hats to give away. Uh, the winners are, uh, you have to follow them on Twitter or like them on Facebook. The Twitter winner is Martin Davies. That's at FI Digital Design. That's at FI Digital Design. Well done to you. You get a beanie hat. And the Facebook winner, Clint Hudson. Well done to you. Uh, we'll be in touch to uh, get your details. We'll get the beanie hats out to you. The winner of the scarf is Lawrence Cable. The question was, uh, who scored the last time Arsenal played Crystal Palace in the league? And it was Thierry Henry. So there you go. This week, we've got two of the brand new yellow and bl- uh, yellow and blue, I should say, uh, cashmere scarves. Absolutely fantastic things. Uh, the famous Arsenal yellow and blue, of course. Uh, two of those to give away one. Uh, via this question. The other one, if you're not following Savile Rogue on Twitter, follow them. One of the new followers uh, will get the scarf this week. The other scarf is up for grabs to the usual address, competition at arseblog.com. That's competition at arseblog.com. The question is, ahead of the game against the Mug Smashers, uh, Colo Toure is there now, but name me any other player that Arsenal have sold to Liverpool. That's any player that Arsenal have sold to Liverpool. Answers to competition at arseblog.com, and you could be in with one of those Savile Rogue scarves. Right. I don't know what else to say, really, about this game tomorrow. Uh, It's going to be really, really tight. It gives us a good idea of where we are, where they are, too. It shouldn't be forgotten because they've had a a good start to the season and have surprised a few people along the way. Uh, This is a test for them as much as it is for us. Uh, Their striking partnership is quite fearsome in in many ways, uh, particularly with their ugliness, but also with their goals. Uh, So we have to be wary of that. But I think we've got more than enough to hurt them. We've got fantastic creativity. If Santi's back, if he's on form, Mesut Ozil, uh, Aaron Ramsey, Giroud scoring the goals this season. So I think it's going to be a really tight and interesting game. Uh, Hard to predict which way it's going to go, but I'm hoping we sneak it, obviously. And then midweek against Dortmund. I'm not sure this is a game we we have to win, but it's certainly a game that we can't lose, uh, it looks like to me anyway. Uh, A draw away from home in the Champions League is never really a bad result. We've got a good chance to to get the points that we need then uh, in our home game against Marseille. We do, of course, have a trip to Napoli still to come. Uh, it just all depends. It's very hard to say anything about it other than it's a huge game. We have to see how Saturday goes, how scathed or unscathed we come through proceedings against the Mug Smashers. So fingers crossed everything goes well on Saturday and midweek too by the time we're talking ahead of uh, next weekend's encounter with Manchester United. Boo, Van Persie, boo. Ahead of that, hopefully we're in good shape and we've had ourselves a, a good week. So let's keep fingers crossed for that. Uh, I'm over for the game so hopefully see some of you in the usual place for a pint before and probably after and certainly after um, probably more than one pint but uh, if you're there hope to see you and catch up um, let's have a good weekend come on you gooners uh, talk to you on next week's Arscast until then take it easy cheers bye bye
Biscuits. I love biscuits. <laughs> 